one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to the Raw Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, Make sure you subscribe to What Cool Dressing on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Monday Night Raw, but also SmackDown, NXT 2.0, Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to Raw tonight. My voice is hoarse from shouting slash laughing at Extreme Rules last night. Michael Sidgwick, before we look ahead to tonight's show and that huge WWE Championship match, what did you make to Extreme Rules 2021? I was disappointed, you know. I was disappointed at the broadly competent professional wrestling because it's funnier when it's bad. There's nothing worse than blandly good WWE. Like, I'm doing a bit. The tag team title match was, I thought, very, very good indeed. Yeah. Like a basic formula, the likes of which WWE just simply do. Um, usually without too much in the way of like really twisting dramatic excitement. But I thought the saves were good. Funnily enough, um, if Kevin Dunn like rests on a single image for like more than a second, <laughs> he will arrive at a great bit of enhanced drama through his production. And that is the save. Um, when Montez Ford hit Jay Uso with the frog splash, the height he gets, they can kick out of that thing a million times. I don't care. The height he gets will mm. always make me think, well, no one can kick out of that. That looks like he's been, the wind has been totally knocked out of him. And then by not moving his camera around like a little gerbil that he is, I got a great save out of it. <laughs> Fantastic. The six way at the start was long, it was a raw match. There were no stakes, didn't bother to promote it, but they worked really hard. And I like the last five minutes a great deal. I, I kick off match. Genuinely, I've said for a long time they should be doing more stuff with Liv Morgan. Uh, the issue is that I create is terrible. What else? Charlotte Alexa over delivered, and then it got really funny. <laughs> uh, what else? 
Um, Bianca Becky was like a piss take because I was into that. Mm. I thought it was a really good little match um, unfolding. I thought the uh, story being told was very good. It's often the same story as Bianca Belair, where you work around what an absolutely incredible athlete she is, and you attempt to take powders to get away from it. You try and use your veteran wits and counter her power and strength game of submissions. But I thought Becky Lynch put in a masterful performance. I think yeah. the uh, even if that went to a clean finish, the WrestleMania main event would have been better. But in terms of an individual performance, I thought Bianca Belair was spectacular. It's oh, the yeah, very I best know. individual performance today. And then they didn't give you a finish. I want to talk about the main event. Uh, just in case any of the listeners haven't seen it, uh, could you take them through it? <laughs> Well, first of all, I will say, I think it speaks volumes that both Phil and Andy, when we were recapping the show on what went down and then talking about it on the news, accidentally called Finn Balor the Fiend. We'll get into that in a second. But yes, uh, Finn Balor as the demon uh, had the match won. He had countered uh, the fact that the Usos had come down and interfered put him through tables he drop kicked Roman Reigns through a table he'd been re- he'd recovered from being speared through the barricade through lights and music apparently he was setting up for the coup de gras after hitting one earlier on Roman Reigns and looking like he was going to be crowned new universal champion setting up on the top rope when all of a sudden the top rope collapses Finn Balor takes I keep saying this a rough old bump regardless of what you think of it that is a sick bump to take just standing on the top rope it's going to collapse and then just you're going to fall and we'll see what happens, basically. Uh, he's selling the leg. He The lights have gone back to normal. The music's gone off, turned around. Spear, one, two, three. Roman Reigns, thanks to help from, I don't know, I've seen people say Paul Heyman. I've seen people say The Fiend. I've seen people say God above saved Roman Reigns from the demon. But regardless, Roman Reigns remains universal champion. But thankfully, Michael Sidgwick, the big takeaway here is that the demon's been protected. <laughs> Jeez. Like, you know what this was? Me and Murray both independently arrived at this conclusion, as I imagine have many of you listening out there. This was very much the exploding monitor for car that undid Dean Ambrose at TLC 2014, yeah. I believe it was. 15, I think it was 14, in which he attempted to hit Bray Wyatt with an ex with a monitor, and then it exploded because he'd misjudged, misjudged the length of the cable. Now he was an idiot in that scenario because what happened, if you recall, is that Dean Ambrose went to hit Wyatt with the monitor, then he realized, hang on, it's plugged into something here or it's catching on something. All right, what I'll do instead is just keep going with the stupid idea that I've been told is a bad one. It explodes in his face. He loses the match. He looks like a moron because he's made a choice that everyone else except him could see was about to go wrong. Bray Wyatt didn't beat someone with his own vile games or his own strength. He beat someone by accident because that person was an idiot. He did nothing for anyone. And this is a bit similar, maybe a little bit better in terms of the character having seemingly he didn't make a choice to be an idiot he was just made to look like an idiot which somehow in the brains of some people is 
looking better than the loser of a fair and square wrestling match in which your opponent is the most heavily actually protected heel WWE has presented since Brock Lesnar. But um, I digress. What are the chances, <laughs> right? What are the chances, Wilborn? Think about this, right? It's just such a crazy coincidence that the one time the ring breaks on its own is during the main event of a really important (laughs) pay-per-view. And the two people in it are performers and characters that people thought ahead of the match, well, neither of these can lose because... The demon, you know, if you still care about a 40-year-old guy wearing face paint because he thought, I know this dress-up that I did for uh, Wrestle Kingdom once. You know what? I could probably flog a few action figures for this. <laughs> now that I've, um, I've, earned, I've earned my critical reputation, I'm, I'm going to make some money now, which is absolutely fair enough, by the way. But that's all it was. He dressed up at Wrestle Kingdom and thought, ah, oh, this is my ticket to WWE stardom. There wasn't any particular <clears throat> law behind the demon. It was just a transparent bid to sell action figures. You know what? Absolutely fair enough. I, I've told you before, I admire the balls and the chutzpah of the guys who say, what's your gimmick? Uh, magical entity. Can't beat me. <laughs> like you creepy bastard. Fiends, demons, undead zombie wizards. I've got all the time in the world for that kind of thing. Um, not on telly, but like, you know, in the production office in the book and meeting. But what are the chances that the ring would break like that? It's such a pivotal moment. What a stupid, convenient Deus Ex Machina of a finish. And like people going, oh, well, it, pr- it proves that they one day want Finn Balor to be a star or the demon to be a star because they didn't beat him. They thought enough of him not to beat him. That's the lead here, apparently. Like, just fucking honestly piss off. Like, they think so much of him that they didn't want to beat him, hence why they didn't beat him in the normal way. If they thought anything of him, he would not have slipped off the top rope and looked like the punchline to a slapstick comedy bit. Can you imagine Roman Reigns doing that? Can you imagine The Rock doing that? Can you imagine Goldberg doing that? I can't imagine Goldberg doing that if oh. he found himself on the top rope. But like, it wouldn't be a creative decision. It would just be because he's an absolute idiot who can't walk. But can you imagine Goldberg? You've had the made Cena look like an idiot, but I think several times. But at the same time, he was there so long that the, the, the concept of probability meant it had to at some point happen to him. You can't be that stupid of a company and present this one guy so often that's something stupid didn't happen to him. Could you, you imagine, imagine could you imagine Triple H doing that? And they've taken another one of his golden boys from NXT who've been rebuilt by heading back to NXT. And now not only have they beaten him, the smiling main roster version of Finn Balor, he's just happy to be there. Now they've taken the unstoppable version of himself and gone, yeah, ring broke, sorry. So convenient. But I've seen people go, they protected him because they didn't want him to lose. Now, they don't want anyone to lose, idiots. You're all thick as And it pisses me off so much. They don't want anyone to lose. It's not as if they have this clean finish policy and, like, 
only a select few get away with doing jobs because they've got a hand-picked crop of people they want to protect. Like Everyone loses via distraction. They never want to beat anyone. And when they do beat people, it never lasts. It always goes 50-50 the next week or it's a distraction roll-up or it's, it's never a wrestling hold or it's very, very rarely a wrestling hold. It's a distraction. It's a victory that is equalized the next week via 50-50 booking. It's a disqualification. It's a count-out. It's a no contest. It's being disqualified for kicking too much ass. Like, oh, they didn't want to beat Finn Balor, therefore they want to protect Finn Balor. They don't want to beat anyone. Do you not watch the TV? Or are you too thick to comprehend the events of the TV? And which is quite an indictment, by the way, because it's children's television. The I as an adult have made the regrettable choice of covering professionally for a living. Finn Balor is dead. Finn Balor was dead before this bloody night started. Do you not watch his last run? I'm an absolute... I'm just... Sad to I have to read this stuff on Twitter, man. It pisses me off. Before we move on to uh, tonight's Raw, I think... The thing that I would take away from it all is the fact that, like I said, people were saying, oh, maybe it was Heyman cutting the top rope. Maybe it was the Fiend coming back to interfere. Whatever it is, right? People were like, oh, God, now what's going to happen next? And I was like, sorry, I've even I've lived this now. That on Friday, they're going to go, well, anyway, looking ahead to Crown Jewel, it's Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. They're not going to go, oh, yeah, well, we've, we've launched an investigation into why this happened. They're just going to move on and go, well, uh, unlucky, Vin Balor, but there we go. I mean, they didn't even, they're not even waiting until SmackDown to do that. As soon as, well, sucks to be the demon. Anyway, <laughs> looking ahead switching to Crown gears. Jewel. Switching gears to uh, Crown Jewel. Join us the next time on the WWE Network on Peacock as we emanate from Saudi Arabia for the, for the match that was always going to be completely unaffected um, by this one that you've just watched. And we've wasted your time, uh, wasted your time by presenting for you. Um, the entire finish was hilarious. The discourse surrounding it has pissed me off to high heaven. Um, so I'm not in very good mood for the Royal Preview. With one. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Disregarding all that though, Sige, last week's Raw was good. And this week, we have got a WWE Championship match. You know, possibly, some may well say, uh, a shameless excuse to pop another rating on Monday night. But nevertheless, Big E versus Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley getting his rematch, the WWE Championship. He lost when Big E cashed in Money in the Bank after Lashley had not only beaten Randy Orton, but stupidly injured himself uh, by attacking Orton post-match. Look, I've... Not been a fan of Raw for quite some time, but I think this one's got real potential in in at least this match. I.e., I hope that they don't do what they did last week, and that is open the show with it, shenanigans, and then maybe we get, because I've seen this advertised locally, I don't know, interference from AJ Styles and Omos, and we suddenly get a main event, which is a trios match between... Six-man RK bro, and then like the former tag champs and the former WWE champion. I'd spend this whole show building to this because you saw the reaction it got, for example, in that match last night when those two were in the ring together. Build up to it, give them plenty of time, give Big E that title retention win, clean as a sheet, and then you can quickly move on if you want next week with Lashley versus Goldberg because that's probably where we're heading for Saudi. And speaking of what? Like, he looked pretty hobbled at the end of, uh, was it SummerSlam? What a disgraceful performance that was from Goldberg. Like, they are enabling him to really hurt himself. It's disgusting. Um, Will, uh, William? Goldberg, realistically, has got no business being in there. So I, I legitimately don't even know if he's going to be in a decent enough nick to go to Saudi because the way that Goldberg is, and it's like, how has he done this? And he must have had a hard paper round in the NFL because, like, he never had a long run. When he had this run, he barely took any bumps. He had, like, loads of years off, which, as we've seen from Christian Cage and CM Punk, you can effectively just reset your bump clock yeah. and come back, like, emerging from stasis. And I know he's getting on a bit as Goldberg, but, like, Jericho's not that much older or younger than him. They're around about the same age. Like, what's Goldberg's problem? The guy barely took a bump and he's thrashed. Like even before he gets progressively more cooked as these matches go on, it's not as if he's working like a mega level epics, like he's going in there for three minutes at a pop and he gets even more bad and more knackered and broken down. Like he looks, he looks like he's goosed before the matches even take place. So basically, I don't know where they're setting up next. And obviously they've left it in the chamber to do Goldberg and Lashley. But part of the problem with analysing WWE's product in 2021, is that there are no rules to apply to this. 
So if it was any other, well, most other wrestling promotions or whatever you want to talk about, you'd observe a set of rules that they impose in order to make sense of their fictional universe and for your investment in it to be traceable and consistent. They could, they could do anything they want and we're just going to be just chasing with tails. They've obviously teased a rematch. They've had the baby face come out on Raw after the beatdown, after his kid was beaten up and said, I'm going to get you, essentially. And uh, who knows if that might even happen. As for the match itself, we saw from last night and their interactions in the triple threat match that it's very much going to be that wonderful meaty men slap meat meme mm. that Big E came up with when he said, I want to go big, like not none of your work rate or anything like that. We've seen like a few fulfilled promises of that already and it's been really enjoyable. And the main event of last week, Raw was great, which I praised effusively. Um, I really like their interactions and the six man tag will go. Don't piss me off, I'm not in the mood. And uh, yeah, um, all of which is to state that I look forward to the match. Monkeys, paw curling intensifies. (laughs) As you said, like, are we are we going to get it? Is it going to be? Oh, it just suddenly happened to be a tag team match. As as after Raw rolls on, or when Raw rolls on, it's just ended with a tag team match. Like, are you going to get a finish? Like, who the hell knows? I think you know. I'm going to put my uh, neck on the line here. I genuinely do think we're going to finish. Get a finish. I think the idea is that they've uh, pushed Lashley as far as they are prepared to push him. Either they're more ridiculous with the 50-50 booking than even I thought possible, or the fact that Lashley did the job in the triple threat and Lashley did the job in the six-man. I think it's one last way of, right, get another loss. He can do something else after the fact. You can have the Goldberg match non-title. Like, the Orbit said he wasn't coming for the title, uh, Goldberg. One last way to put Big E over, which would generally be, like, a push with a little bit of conviction behind for me it's really not difficult this and this does involve a massive let's say improbable caveat which is WWE learning from their mistakes and yeah the case case of the prosecution there is pretty strong isn't it that's not that's not going to happen but look at last night no one's going I mean I am for my notes on Smackdown but no one else is actually asking the question what's next for Finn Balor but just look Big E Needs a big win to establish establish himself as WWE champion because he's got everything else. He's got the audience on side. Him beating Bobby Lashley, this dominant WWE champion, achieves that. Tick, right. Bobby Lashley, let's say he does have this match with Goldberg in the chamber uh, at Saudi. I'm fairly certain it's one of Goldberg's last contracted matches. Personally, for me, I was done with Goldberg. Probably, if I'm being generous after he just ran through Dolph Ziggler at SummerSlam. I was like, that's what I can take. That's my goal. That's the Goldberg match that I like. A guy who just loves bumping and selling for someone who's not really going to be damaged by it because he's done anyway in the eyes of WWE and the fans. And me. And you. Bumping all over the place and just, like, because all he is now, let's be honest, is an entrance and a spear. He's not even an an entrance and a spear and a jackhammer because you're like, oh, whoever he's facing, is he going to get him up for it, right? Doesn't need anything. You can still have him come back as a legend if you want to pop right in hanging out with Eva Marie and Tatanka backstage, all good mates that they are, right? 
So if Bobby Lashley does lose, clears his sheet as he should tonight after a real war with Big E, all it is is two gunslingers going for their big shots, going for spears, going for, you know, delayed suplexes or whatever it may be. And in the end, Big E just catches him with a big ending and the two men have really gone to war. Then Lashley goes into Saudi Arabia, destroys Goldberg, destroys Goldberg's son whilst he's at it. And then he can go away for a bit because, fine, he's gone up, he's re-established and then he can go away and come back and he maybe even be drafted to SmackDown. Who knows? Like, there's the beauty of that coming up. But yeah, I, I don't need Bobby Lashley to be protected by interference or a, you know, a distraction or whatever it may be because it's Bobby Lashley. Like, in terms of looking into the future, I know I'm jumping ahead, but if he does, and I should, lose tonight, he shouldn't lose to Goldberg because what does Goldberg need it for? And what's he going to be doing next? He's going to pop up maybe on the road to WrestleMania if they need to sell some more tickets and he's going to have a, a match out of nowhere where he suddenly picks a fight with someone for something that they haven't said, like when he fought Drew McIntyre, for example. It's not difficult, but anyway... That's what I hope happens. I hope Big E gets that big win and then he can literally fight anyone for me in Saudi Arabia because it doesn't matter. Anyway, let's look at some of the other potential fallout from Extreme Rules. I haven't had a chance to really speak to you about it. In What Culture, on our live stream last night, one of the best matches, not necessarily for the work rate or the fundamentals, but for pure banter, was that triple threat for the US title. It fell to pieces, let's be honest. You had a botched twist of fate. You had poor Damien Priest falling off the apron. And then you had Sheamus Mwah! stealing the show with whatever that was when he headed up to the top rope after he knocked Jeff Hardy off. I've written here, who should challenge Damien Priest now? But in my book, Siege, it's Sheamus forever. And this new version of Sheamus, not the gritty, I keep breaking my nose, but I don't give a crap version of Sheamus. Fun Sheamus versus Damien Priest one more time, and then we can change this whole landscape of things after the draft next week. What do you reckon? Wilborn, I understand, right? that you had a bit of a laugh when Seamus did the Jeff Hardy thing. He's, it's an audio podcast. He's doing the impression. He's had a whale of a time watching this. I don't want to watch Seamus versus Damien Priest ever again. What, what are you thinking? Willing that into existence? I'm just kidding. Why are, you manif- why are you manifesting that? I'm just kidding one more week until the draft, if I'm honest, mate. Uh, well, they've got one more week to kill. Um uh, do you know what else it was, right? Uh, it's going to be that, isn't it? Because the draft will allow them to reset the board. It'll be this, it'll all feel exactly the same within a week or three weeks or two, three in absolute maximum. Do you know what it was as well? Is I wrote these questions in the small hours of this morning, a little bit of a, a peek behind the curtain here, did the live stream, did the news with, with Andy, come home, I've had a bit of a nap, and then we're doing this over Zoom today. We'll be back. Normal service will be resumed tomorrow. So I wrote that question because I was like, oh, what else can we talk about following Extreme Rules? Because they're not going to bloody advertise anything post-pay-per-view other than a WWE Championship match. And I said, oh, right, we've got to talk about the US Championship. Who else have we got on the roster? And I looked and I was like, um, um, and you can see me here scrolling the roster page. Uh, Jinder Mahal? Like, who else are they going to just pop? Maybe a returning Elias with a new hat. Like, just... 
God, please just, I mean, I say freshen this up, but move some bodies around on the draft next week and make this interesting because, yeah, he's, in terms of the mid card, you're either world title contender, so it's not going to be one of them. You're either struggling in the mid card, and that's where we are with, with most of the guys in and around this, Jeff, or like Jeff Hardy, you just magically promoted for the 24-7 title picture from the previous week. Like, who else? I'm just looking at this on the roster page. I'm like, uh, Cedric Alexander? Uh, Jackson Reich. I need a baby face. You can't have that. Uh, Carrion Cross. Oh, God, I just uh. Fed comp book. So who knows? Like Carrion Cross, they are going with him. It would seem right about now. Probably a bit early to beat Priest. So you want someone who's like a, a good, solid hand. You can absorb a loss and give you a pretty decent match in the process. That like- describes that describes Seamus. <laughs> so. uh, one thing they have done though, Sige, and we can't you can't argue about this is rehabilitate Shayna Baszler. She is back, baby. She needs one more week for me of just murdering someone after she destroyed and unfortunately took Nia Jax off TV for a while. Uh, <laughs> She needs one more big win before hopefully she gets drafted to Friday Night SmackDown. I'm just looking at the roster page again, and I love her, but I'd have her destroy Dana Brooke this week. But what next for Shayna Baszler, Sige? No, I think they've forgotten that Dana Brooke exists. No, like they've forgotten she exists. Shayna Baszler. Like, I don't know, they, they run through so many matches on Raw with it being a three-hour directionless programme, which they don't book with a ro- rotating cast because that would require a lot of effort and planning. So you say what's next for Shayna Baszler. Like, what could she do? She just lost to Charlotte Flair, Roman's champion the other week. She can't feed with Alexa Bliss again. She's done that. Do drab. <laughs> Maybe because... It's the only one I can think of that hasn't she hasn't worked yet. Right. They can't, they can't book. They can't book on this program. I'm, I'm going to admit something now, Sige. I know there was all the talk, obviously, following the top rope collapsing and what have you. I was more excited to talk to you about this next. <laughs> and that is Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss. Because like you say, I talked about this recap in the show. Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss, the wrestlers, was really good last night. Really enjoyable. And you got glimpses of like, oh, yeah, remember when Alexa Bliss was, not to use WWE's phrasing for all this, but remember when she was five feet of fury, when she was just a great female wrestler and a title contender and what have you. And then they brought the spooky bollocks back in. Charlotte Flair winning via, well, winning actually technically via... And then <laughs> destroying, I've written here, murdering Lily post-match. She not only beat Alexa Bliss, she then beat her up again in her hometown afterwards, hoid her under the table so that Alexa Bliss could get herself a nice Alka-Seltzer or some bollocks in her mouth, whatever that was. But honestly, I am giddy with excitement, not to just to get your thoughts on all that. But how WWE respond and how Alexa Bliss responds to her friend dying in front of her eyes, basically being ripped to pieces, all the stuffing being all over the ring, and that 
lifeless. I mean, it's bloody dull, right? But that what the remains of Lily being held up by Charlotte Flair and then being cradled by Alexa Bliss. Oh, this this is where I know I'm getting. I mean, a, a segment that's probably going to be so bad. We I'm I'm going to refuse to skip it tomorrow on the review. How do you think they're going to have Alexa respond after Lily's death? Honestly, when I watched it, I was more worried about how you were going to respond to Wilborn, considering it's potentially the end of your bit. And we all love the bit. Um, how did it wink? I, I didn't see a central nervous system in there. How did it wink? The audience saw it wink. We know for a fact that from the way they filmed it, that Doudrop saw it wink. So someone check in on Doudrop. And she's experiencing delusions. <laughs> Maybe has some kind of like magical ability that doesn't require um like the, the things in your body that make you wink. I don't know, like your, your brain. I don't care. I watched a woman who's been playing non-spade for about a year at this point fail. Everyone says. And by everyone, I mean the, the, the biggest losers and haters on YouTube comment sections. Well, yeah, you might not like this Alexa Bliss stuff, but we might we might lose it to Hollywood. She's that good an actress. If she's that good at acting, chew. I'm not being funny. Like, a famous anecdote for some film... And there's some actor who isn't Dustin Hoffman talking to Dustin Hoffman. Dustin, ha- it's, Dustin Hoffman's like running loads. So he gets out of puff. And um, he's breathing. He's, he's just been running his cool stuff. Says, what are you doing? And Dustin's like, I'm in character. I'm running. So I'm doing a marathon in this movie. And the cool star says to him, I know what I do. I just act. And I save myself the bother of like really like running a marathon. And I just act instead. So it's not really just Alexa Bliss doesn't have to run a marathon to method act here. She could simply eat the Alka Seltzer, <laughs> chew, it, chew it thoroughly, take a glass of water from under the ringside if you want, chew it thoroughly, ensure that it foams effectively. And then you can, like, was you foaming at the mouth? I don't know. What is she, a dog? <laughs> Ah, it's okay. Wilborn. I I'm, mean, I'm, here's the thing. They could stitch. What if it what if they stitch it back up? Yeah, and then they have some gimmick where Alexa has face slash body paint where it looks like she's been stitched back together as well. I don't I I dread to think what they're gonna do with this. I don't know why I, I, don't, I look I look forward to it. Yeah, it, but that but I also say, yeah, yeah, that I Wait with bated breath to see what bollocks they put in to give me one magnificent bullet point for the Raw review tomorrow, effectively. And that's where we are now. <laughs> it's Monday Night Raw. Two weeks in a row of a good show. I mean, last week wasn't that good, so maybe one week. This week, starting this week. Starting again, bro. A good, a good wrestling match. It's not being a good show. I'm sorry. Well... 
I'm looking forward to it regardless. Let us know your thoughts ahead of Monday Night Raw tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself and Hamlet's detailed review of Extreme Rules is available right now. Myself and the Deadly Boys will be back tomorrow. With the Raw review, if you subscribe, it'll be in your feed as soon as it's released. And don't forget, if you're subscribing to What Culture Wrestling, leave us a five-star review review on iTunes. Just leave us a five-star review and suggest something short, crap, and wrestling-related for us to review instead of some god-awful Raw segment. And I sense there may well be a few tonight. But for now, this has been the Raw preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.